Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He had his gun, so he just swung it open. I start to notice that, you know, the atmosphere feels a little bit weird. First thing he seen was this six and a half foot tall, broad shoulder, dark hair. That freaked him out. We hadn't talked to her about, like, life and death and what any of that means. She's three years old, you know. So he turned around. Suddenly there's a whole tree falling across the road. And she was describing to us that, you know, there was a deceased person uh, that she could she she could see visually you're listening to cryptid clues where we tackle the ever-expanding history and mystery of monsters and supernatural madness every monday you can find us at cryptidclues.ca for more information or even check out exclusive content and support us at patreon.com slash cryptid clues and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of corrupted clues i am your host taylor and for today's episode i wanted to take this as an opportunity to catalog and get into podcast format 
the interesting UFO occurrences that have been taking place these past few weeks, specifically in the month of March, there's been a lot of interesting stuff. So to kick us off with that, Friday, February 10th, Saturday, February 16th, and Sunday, February 17th. Now, this could be a probable representation of an increased level of surveillance due to the uh, fourth and first object first detected in North American airspace being the balloon. So let's just start there. And I'm also going to remain unbiased in this as as always and present my uh, my best ability present the factual information with my speculative perspective sprinkled in over the top so that hopefully everyone listening can receive the information and formulate their own stance on what's happening here right now in North America. All right. So the first object, the balloon. Again, we're going to try and keep this uh <laughs> conspiracy free and unbiased. China has maintained that this was a weather balloon that veered way off course. On January 28th, the balloon entered U.S. airspace near Alaska before flying over Canada and then the continental United States. February 2nd, the U.S. Defense Department announces that it's tracking the balloon over the continental United States and that the balloon itself had been over Montana a day earlier, February 1st. Following this announcement, the balloon stopped loitering and began to move very fast toward the East Coast. This information is sourced from U.S. officials. February 4th, the balloon is shot down by a United States fighter jet off the coast of South Carolina. According to Assistant Secretary of Defense Melissa Dalton, the balloon's height was comparable to the Statue of Liberty, about 200 feet tall. It had collection pot equipment, including high-tech equipment that could collect communication signals and other sensitive information, along with solar panels located just below the balloon, it also included small motors and multiple propellers to allow for active maneuverability. And according to the commander of North American Aerospace Defense Command and U.S. Northern Command General Glenn Van Herk, the balloon's payload weighed in at more than a couple thousand pounds. February 5th, the recovery of the balloon begins. Surprisingly, the balloon was still in relatively good condition after falling 60,000 feet into the water, but it did create a debris field about seven miles wide, with most of the debris being recovered. Uh, unfortunately, due to bad weather, some of the debris had actually landed on the ocean floor and had been, uh, well, it's left there for the time being to get as it was weighed down because some pieces, obviously, they would kind of shift on the bottom of the ocean floor there, but Again, so now we have a case of who says who, China calling it weather balloon, United States saying it's a surveillance balloon. Now, for my sprinkle of perspective, I suspect the only reason this was made public was that it was blatantly visible to the public. I personally think like this, or think like this, I think something like this would be a closely kept secret. And I say this based on the Pentagon news briefing of the balloon. And I quote, is the position of the balloon classified? What we're not going to do right now is get into an hour-by-hour hour location of the balloon. Again, we're monitoring it closely. As I mentioned right now, it's over the center of the continental United States. That's about as specific as I'm going to get. I understand my being convenient, but does the public not have a right to know the balloon is over their state? The public certainly has the ability to look up in the sky and see where the balloon is. End quote. Now, the importance of this is, again, if the balloon wasn't so big and visible, we wouldn't know about it. The other thing to note here is just to what degree of information is kept from the public. 
I feel like this form of closure is a great example of a plethora of topics like Bigfoot, Dogman portals, and so much more that are all kept away from us. Unless we could see them blatantly out in the open, you know, just so the public has the ability to look up and see for themselves. But I digress. Nonetheless, it's a very interesting interview, and I applaud such a brazen question. Doesn't the public have a right to know? You don't hear that line mentioned in too many interviews these days. So... All of this, I felt, was very important to mention because it's the starting point of what now appears to be several other flying objects, which I'm about to go into detail now, including unidentified objects that are seemingly appearing in other countries' airspaces. Now, the United States has claimed that the reason for destroying the objects was out of caution after the balloon situation. Spotted by ground radar on February 9th, the unknown object was shot down on February 10th with debris landing on the sea ice on the northern coast of Alaska. This object was around the size of a small car, as per authorities, though the actual shape of the object has remained unknown. It was believed to have not carried any equipment, as it drifted at a height of around 40,000 feet. Now it's worth noting this height is well within the range of what commercial aircraft can operate at. This is another reason why they wanted to, and insisted that they should shoot this down. Our next object, first spotted flying over Alaska on February 10th, was finally shot down on February 11th, Saturday, over Canada's Yukon Territory. It, as well, was traveling at a height of around 40,000 feet like the previous object, and it's worth mentioning that our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was already on, and I can't emphasize this word enough, pre-scheduled trip to the Yukon Territory. I apologize, I shouldn't laugh. That's my biasness creeping in. Pre-scheduled trip to the Yukon Territory already before the object had appeared. I just find that intriguing is all. It's worth noting the shape of this object was recorded as being cylindrical. The RCMP is currently leading the search for the object that was shot down over the Yukon, and of course, it's stated the debris may never be recovered. Granted, the terrain is horrendously perilous, Take that into account. Now, the search area is a 3,000 square kilometer uh, like field, basically, you could say, of ground to cover. That's, that's a lot to, to have to go through and, and dig through and track. Like, it's a lot of perilous terrain. But I also don't disregard that when the government fully endorses a search and has countless resources to deploy, filing something like this is right up their alley, especially when it's in the name of national security. And I'll go much more specific here too. On the note of resources, a CC-130 Hercules, Twin Otters, CH-148 Cyclones, and a CH-149 Comorant. That's a lot of heavy-duty airport, gunships, helicopters. This is all air support assisting in the search and recovery mission. Google some of the photos. It's impressive stuff. But I digress. My last note on this is that the Canadian government declining to say if it had obtained photos of this object shot down over the Yukon. It just, I find it very off. Something is very, very off. Our third object, first spotted a little bit north of the United States, Canadian border. Observers lost sight of it as it entered the United States, but from its trajectory, it suggests that it was the same object spotted in Wisconsin before. And this object was traveling at around 20,000 feet and was finally shot down over Lake Huron. The shape of this object was noted as well, apparently an octagonal shape. So these three other objects have all been stated by Chinese Foreign Affairs Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin that they are not affiliated with their government. 
Canadian Major General Prevost stated that, and I quote, it's clearly objects that are lighter in the air, and we cannot see any propulsion system at this time. They might be balloons. And finding these objects will help us find a bit more on what they are and how they move around, end quote. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre moved to rule out one hypothesis that has so far been the prime rumor around the internet, as of late at least, and I quote, There is no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. And she said that to laughter as well. I, I think there is a fine line here that needs to be understood. Aliens don't always mean UFOs, and UFOs don't always mean aliens. But at this time, only one of the four objects is identified. So the remainder are all classified as unidentified flying objects, or in the modern term, UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And with that, we're going to jump to a quick ad break and be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So continuing down the path of China-related aerial objects. Now, this very same week that these unidentified objects began appearing over North America, China came forward with claims that they were going to shoot down a UFO hovering in its own airspace. As per Chinese state-affiliated news outlets, authorities in East China's Shangdong province had actually put forth reports of an unidentified object caught flying around the coastal city of Rizal. And these reports claim that the authorities were preparing to actually fire and shoot it down. Now, of course, this could be a source of deflection by the country. It creates a level of innocence until proven guilty, you could say, in some dystopian comparison. But I thought it best to mention it nonetheless. Now, another interesting thing, the same debacle has occurred elsewhere very recently in Romania. Just this past week, the Romanian Air Force dispatched fighter jets to deal with yet another mysterious object detected in its airspace. Officially, there were two MIG-21 Lancer jets that had flew towards the southeastern part of Romania where the object was reported to be maneuvering at 36,000 feet. Now, the odd thing, when the jets arrived, this was about 10 minutes after the initial report and detection was filed, there was no sign of the object, it was gone, radar could detect anything. The plane stayed in the area for well over an hour just to survey, but again, no additional evidence appeared. Now, with the United States coming forward with the notion of, hey, looks like we better amp up our patrol analysis and checks, and are only now discovering more unknown floating objects, that could be the case for other countries following suit as well, and this just happily being the result. However, I have another interesting path that I'll toss out here. Why have there been so many UFOs near nuclear facilities 
In the past 75 years, many high-ranked American military officials have reported that UFOs seemingly appear near sites that are associated with nuclear power, weaponry, and technology. Starting around the early atomic bomb development and testing sites to currently active naval fleets with nuclear armaments. In the late 1948s, many green fireballs were actually reported in the skies close to where the Los Alamos and Sandia, New Mexico atomic facilities were. Again, this is where the first atomic bomb was developed and tested. Now, according to SourceHistory.com, declassified FBI documents from the 1950s actually mentioned the term flying saucers that measured almost 50 feet in diameter. This is important because for the most part, history reports on UFOs tell us that they become quite common around both man-made and natural disasters. Notably, the Chernobyl and Fukushima nuclear disasters yielded a high report of UFO sightings recorded by journalists. In April of 2016, Japan was hit by several earthquakes, but just as UFOlogists had expected, boom, a UFO was spotted and actually filmed in the country shortly after the quakes occurred, specifically near the Kumamoto Airport. We also have the Sakurahima Volcano. March 2011, a UFO orb actually comes out of the volcano and hovers. Again, that same month, a UFO floats out of the ocean off Japan before a tsunami hits. You can view many of these sightings and their photographs and actually some video recordings as well online. A plethora of these are all seemingly occurring in and around Japan where there's natural disasters taking place. Now, earlier I said this is important. Why? February 2023, Ohio East Palestine Southern train derailment spilling more than 100,000 gallons of dangerous chemicals into the air and water. February 2023, Arizona, transport truck flips and spills toxic chemicals across the interstate highway. Now, are UFOs flying directly above? No, but unknown objects have been flying around at this time. And a part of me wants to associate their appearances with these events. Now, that is an extremely biased and unfactual approach that I have taken, so there is no grounds to justify that whatsoever. Take note of that. I will conclude this part with two things, however. The first being that if these UFOs are piloted by intelligent, otherworldly beings, they observe with the utmost concern how we demonstrate our control over the planet and wield our control with such ignorance. And secondly... Always make sure you have a mask or rebreather or some sort of uh, eye protective wear and facial and lung protective device packed in your vehicle in the event of a nearby toxic spill. Train derailments can occur in the United States around 1,700 times per year. So always be prepared. That was something my dad always told me. And I keep to this day a rebreather packed away in my vehicle just for these situations because you never know. And if you have a family with you, someone you know you love, just even yourself, take care and be safe. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Now, as we move on, all the while keeping us on the trajectory of UFOs, I have some factual federal Canadian information to present here. Did you know that the province of British Columbia has the second highest number of UFO sightings in all of Canada? Now, of course, sightings have been occurring throughout our history, people seeing things in the skies and so on. And in 2022 alone, however, Canadians reported at least 768 UFO sightings in the country. That is at least two sightings per day. Internet searches for the UFOs have also been on the rise, with an increase of 1,150% across the country. Now, 
Regarding the province's sightings, Ontario reported 2,416 UFO sightings, each lasting an average of 14 minutes long. British Columbia populated at least 1,163 sightings, with encounters lasting an average of 22 minutes long. On a global scale, Canada ranks second among countries with the most UFO sightings, with a total of 5,696 sightings. The United States of America took place first with an incredible 126,094 sightings. That is absolutely insane. These findings were accumulated with data that is analyzed from the National UFO Reporting Center State Report Index and used records from 1998 and beyond. So as we close out this episode, what better way than with a quick sighting, of course, dated back on April 22nd, 2022. This actually took place very close to my hometown. A local resident was traveling along the highway between Duncan and Ladysmith when they saw two large square objects blinking red and green lights. These objects were floating for around 15 minutes before disappearing, and this statement was also reaffirmed by additional witnesses. Having spotted the two objects in their own backyard, they said that they held their position around 40 to 50 feet high. That's really not that high up. That's pretty close. So ultimately, again, why did I want to address this? Could it be nothing? Sure. But due to very serious and unfortunate events taking place across the United States, I felt a sense of urgency to catalog and record these UFO events now because let's face it, humanity is a time where never before we move quickly from one thing to another, like the next best thing. And I don't want to mean that in really a negative way, but it's just the way we collectively as a Western civilization have evolved essentially. This again just adds more ultimate importance to catalog these events in time so we could revisit them in the future. And as I said before, it's important to note that UFO doesn't mean alien, but a lot of interestingly convenient results yield that debris of the destroyed craft is unobtainable, which could ultimately be true. But I like to apply the hypothetical perspective, and with that, that's everything for this week's episode. So... Thank you for tuning in to Cryptid Clues. You can find us on our website, cryptidclues.ca, our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as our Patreon where you get ad-free early episodes available there. And should you wish to reach us directly, you can via our email, cryptidclues at gmail.com. So until next time, everyone, take care and stay safe.